0: Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show that connects you with people, ideas... To find opportunities for life and for business in the changing times we seem to be heading into was certainly interesting. And as always, we have interesting guests, but it's uh, not my job to introduce guests. So let me first introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais from down the road from me in Waterloo, Ontario. Hi, Kathleen. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much for that intro. And thank you all so very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you. And we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. We'd love to hear from you. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. His name is Carlton Brunton. Hello, Carlton. Welcome to the show. How are you? very well. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Now Carlton, you are a video marketing expert who helps clients better understand how to effectively use video. For our audience, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to delve into the world of video? Of
2: course, I mean for me my journey started back uh, about 10 years ago or so just over and I have always been interested in game development so I was a video gamer avidly. Um, from a very young age, and through that, I documented my process of wanting to become a professional gamer. So for me, it was always a way and an outlet to be creative, but also a way to kind of learn how to communicate. You know, when you're young, you you don't really necessarily know how to communicate very well. So it was a way for me to practice doing that and build a level of confidence that I otherwise didn't have. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do for career? Because you get to that age around 15, 16, where you're leaving school, and especially in the UK, you're kind of told yeah you kind of need to make a decision on what you're going to become right and uh i was like okay so i've always been in, interested in computer games so i was like well maybe i'll maybe i should create computer, game, computer games and um so that's why I, I went off to college to study or and and pursue in that respect And so i i got to the point where i was about to go to your relationship with high school and i uh, i stopped because i was like okay well before i commit to doing the rest of the years that i need to do let's actually ask what the what the reality is like or what the you know relationships like in the in the industry. And long story short, I kind of made the decision that it would change and tweak my relationship to video games. And for me, it wasn't something I was willing to do. And long story short, I went for another couple of careers, but video has always been a common thread through all of those things. I've always wanted to document, I've always wanted to, you know, trip to holidays, parties, those kind of things. And it's always been something that's really, really interested me and telling stories specifically, which I'm sure we'll get into later has always been something that's interested me so for me i always kind of was like okay well maybe there's something here and i was i was i was you know got into photography when i was about to make that decision on what i was really going to do as a career and as as your audience may know or you may know the skills between photography and videography are very similar Mm -hmm. in regards to technical use of a camera Mm -hmm. and i was like right okay so i at this point i hadn't really created video content in the same way for about a year and a half and i kind of missed it so i was like right how can i take this new skill set that i have and create some video content and i was just like you know started out by looking out uh looking at local events looking at local businesses being in a position where i was like hey look i just want to promote Salisbury. i just want to promote what what we've got going on because i don't feel it's been promoted enough and i've got this new skill set that i'm willing to try out where let's see whether i enjoy it and one thing led to another and people started paying me and I had this kind of like eureka moment was like, hold on, I can make money from running around with a camera. Okay, uh, <laughs> great, fantastic. Uh, but then the question of course came, do I really want to, right? It was that same kind of thing I had for game development, which was like, okay, this is going to taint, this is going to change what I was doing. But I was like, no, actually this I'm really passionate about and I can see a gap in the market, especially in Salisbury. But in general, I can see a future in creating video content for clients. And now that's what we've been doing for just under six years.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Very good. And I forgot to mention at the very beginning, Peter, that um, Carlton is actually from Salisbury in the UK. So
0: that's right. That's right. That's right. And before we got um, on to start the interview, uh, I was chatting to Carlton because I've actually been to his city some some years ago. I had relatives in the in Salisbury, in the uh, county of Wiltshire, in England. It's not for international viewers. It's not too far from Stonehenge, which was another stop on my tour there. And if I remember rightly, Salisbury has the cathedral with the tallest spire in the whole of the United Kingdom. I think it's over four hundred feet tall, and the cathedral is four hundred years old. And I went in there and admired the craftsmanship, um, to consider that that was built with no pneumatic or electric tools all by hand is, is absolutely unbelievable. So, um, sorry, I've diverged into a little bit of a history lesson, but I it stuck in my mind for 20 odd years. So, <clears throat> Carlton, tell our audience, why, especially the business people in our audience, which is most of them, why businesses should consider using video as part of their marketing strategy and tactics right now.
2: I mean, uh, there's there's two, uh, this is a very common question I get. So there's kind of two approaches that, that one could articulate the answer. And I think the core reason is people who've been in business long enough will know that people buy from people, right? Yep. Now, the problem with that in some ways is we can have a conversation today and that could be 45 minutes to an hour, but there's a limit on the amount of conversations one can have within a day, right? Because you're trading yep. time to build that relationship. The power that video can give you is you can make one video. So let's say this piece of content and it can go out and nurture or talk to or build a relationship with a larger percentage of your audience or a larger amount than just one or maybe Mm -hmm. two, right? Mm -hmm. Which means you can basically compress time because if I'm articulating a point to you and this wasn't being recorded, you guys would get huge value out of it, but that would be where it stops. Yeah. Right. That's where the value exchange would stop. However, if as we're recording this as a podcast, as a piece of content, now we actually get to actually educate all of your audience, potentially all of my audience or percentage of my audience and each other. Mm-hmm. Right. So now mm-hmm. we've just scaled in this half an hour, 45 minutes, however long we end up actually having this conversation. It allows us to scale and compress the time and the knowledge that we have. So for me, that's the the, the key reason about why it's the closest thing for people buying from people that you can actually gain without having to necessarily, of course, there's a level of trading time, right? Because you have to create the content. But in comparison to having a one-to-one or one-to-two or et cetera conversation, it can be a lot more powerful. Now, it's important to establish that this isn't a replacement for those conversations. It should be an additional marketing stream for you and something which can be very uh, scalable because you can do a video on this and then on this and then on, and so on as you build your content stream and as you build your vault content.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right.
0: And, and an interesting point you made there is that your contact list will see it, our contact list will see it, and all sorts of people we never even thought of will see it because of third-party sharing, right? So somebody on one of our lists will like it and put it on their social media or say to a friend, you better have a look at this. So the, the eventual reach is, is huge, far more than we can do on one-on-one. No, that's interesting. Kathleen.
1: What are some of the biggest misconceptions about creating videos that are out there?
2: I mean, the the first one I'll mention is the one that I first struggled to to, to help articulate our clients with, which is, oh my God, I need tens of thousands of dollars, pounds, etc. I mm-hmm. need lots and lots and lots of production money. Now, it is true that productions can cost lots of money. Yes, they can, right? But the power of video, especially at the moment, because of the rise of short form and TikTok and, and and you know that short form content, has actually been the really large kind of, I guess, equalizer is the best word to describe it. And, and that's why I paused because I wanted to make sure the right word was there. But I think it's the best equalizer of, because before to get attention and to get consistent attention, you would have to have a production crew, have it well edited or have a TV station or a former broadcast background to get viewership. But nowadays, everyone with their mobile phone can articulate something well or create a piece of video put it out on tiktok instagram youtube etc and have almost as much chance if not more chance because it will be more authentic and less polished that i have with a production crew or my Mm -hmm. half with a production experience so for me i think the misconception is number one like it's scary to do which we'll go on in a minute but number two it's like that you need thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds to do it properly you can if you're doing it production wise and there's pros and cons to both but especially on the like the needing to have the 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 gusto or the or the thoughts or the like i'm confident and i can talk to camera and i can do this and it's one of those things where the one of the psychological studies i always use is there was a uh, psychological study done a while ago where there was two groups and one was asked to paint a picture you're only allowed to paint one And they're going to mark at the end of the period of time. So it was two weeks. And then there was another, the other group was given the option to paint as many pictures as they possibly could. And then they were just, they choose one to show at the end. And what they found was that the people who were able to create more pictures than just the one and didn't do lots of research and didn't just did action and then learn and action and learn and action actually came up with a better, technically a better picture than the ones that just sat there and was like, right, I've only got one picture to do. And the reason why I bring this up with video is the common issue that people run into is, I'm rubbish at video. I can't do video. I can't come across confidently. I couldn't possibly have a conversation with two strangers talking into a camera today like we're doing now. But the thing is, if you do it over and over and over and over and over again, yes, the first bits of content are going to be terrible, but get them out of the way because then you Mm -hmm. can start benefiting from actually using this medium as what it's meant for. Which is that power and that connection and those people and that people connection that we just discussed.
1: And I can mm-hmm. attest to that, absolutely, Carlton, because when we first when Peter and I first started doing these, I was so uncomfortable. And it, it was it was almost painful actually to to be doing this because <laughs> I just I got tongue tied. I just didn't know what to say. I felt like I had a mouthful of marbles. And and it is through practice, isn't it? It's just from doing it. It's the just practice doing it over and over again, you become more comfortable. And uh, at least that's been my experience. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Wouldn't you agree, Peter?
0: Yes, I would agree. But you're selling yourself short. I know, despite all your protestations of feeling useless and not knowing what to say, you were pretty good right from the start. So I've got to compliment you on that. Yes, I know you were nervous because I know you well, but you picked it up very quickly, very. I I had the luxury of having done a lot of public speaking over my lifetime, and uh, so I found, and I have a thick skin, again, because of the experiences I've had, so I'm not too worried about making a fool of myself. I do it quite regularly. So for me, it was was quite easy to make that transition. So something I've get I'd like to get your opinion on, I, I see talking to people about using video and marketing, some get the wrong idea that the goal is to get lots of views to their videos. And, and I think it's more important to get the message across, perhaps a, a better message to a smaller audience, but the right audience. So what do you advise your clients there, Carlton?
2: I mean, I think it comes back to the objective about why you're doing it, right? <laughs> like we look at van- what you talk about here is vanity metrics: how many shares has it got? How many likes has it got? How many comments has it got? And it the way I look at it personally is there's three kinds of content you should be creating for video specifically. Number one is awareness, which you are going to care about the viewership. You want to get Mm -hmm. as many numbers as many views, as many likes, as many comments, as many shares as possible. That's the point. Then you've got your nurture or your educational bits of content that we would probably class this under, which is probably, to be honest, going to be seen by, let's be honest, maybe 10% if you're lucky of your viewership at once, right? And that is to nurture that client list, nurture that audience to trust you, build a level of that relationship building element to say, look, I do know what I'm talking about. Look, I can help you with move your business forward. And then of course, you've got a level of sales content Mm -hmm. right which is very clearly sales content and this could be in a sales funnel or this could be out on social or this could be promoting a specific offer and that's where you you know are going to sell it you're going to pitch it and you're you're really talking to the two percent or five percent of your audience that you've won over and you've trusted through the other bits of content we've just described so in answer to the direct uh, kind of conversation around vanity metrics it's very important to understand the piece of content that you're measuring the views on which of those that I just mentioned is it because mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. awareness this is the only time where this where views and comments and likes and shares matter then the views don't matter because at that point you want it to be consumed by business owner business owner business owner potential Great. client business owner let's be honest your mom and dad right? <laughs> yeah. right yeah right friends and family that kind of thing there's going to be a level of that and that's fine but that they're the ones where it actually doesn't matter how many views it got it's actually about how much meaningful connection did it actually do or that message or that thing you were articulating, whatever you were teaching, do for the audience.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, now now I think about it, actually this in some ways is also an awareness piece of content because of the amount of potential reach it could get. So you are kind of looking at the numbers on a piece like this. But you also, especially as you get into the later parts of the conversation because natural audience drop off, et cetera, you're then looking at, okay, well, what did people take from it? What is the value add here? What is the what is the you know piece of information or the key takeaway or the actionable step that your audience is going to take away?
0: Mm-hmm. Very very good explanation. That um, that's one of the best that I've heard. To look at mm-hmm. it with those, those three points of view, excellent. Thank you for that. Back right. to you, Cassie.
1: Well, I think you've already touched on this a little bit, and maybe we can take a, a deeper dive here. But can you tell our audience the different? purposes for which you would create a marketing video
2: again i mean i I, you're right i did allude to it a moment ago but it fits in that triangle and i think that for me whenever we work with clients it really is about understanding what do you want to do why do you want to do video right because the common one is we need a promotional video yeah okay right you might you genuinely might need a promotional video but you also might need something else and or you might want something else that's not a promotional video the only way we can establish that is by having a conversation and understanding what do you want to get out from the video so it's all very well and good saying we're going to do some video content we're going to have a podcast but you know what do you want to get what because at the end of the day you're you're giving business resources time energy resources money etc to this podcast this show mm-hmm. okay so my question i guess back would be what do you want the show to do for what you're doing overarching. Because if you can answer that question, then we can tweak and change and and adapt the content to make sure that it's doing it, to make sure that we have KPIs or key performance indicators inside that content. So if it is an awareness video, Mm -hmm. right, that I alluded to, okay, we want it to hit 10,000 pounds or or, or 10,000 people or et cetera. Okay, fine. So that's our key performance indicator. If we don't hit that, what did we not do? right? Is it because we didn't spend the right ad spend on it? Is it because we didn't spend ad spend on it? Is it because we didn't post it in the right groups? Is it because we didn't make the content shareable enough? Okay. These are all things we can think about Mm -hmm. once we Mm -hmm. understand what that piece of content is there to be used for. But if it's a piece of nurture content or a piece of educational content, okay, well, maybe the the C2A or the key performance indicator Mm -hmm. is going to be how many clients we can send it to who then get educated on the service or the product or our process or why I'm validated as a, you know, what is the perception in the market? So you did no video, what was the perception? And then now you've done some videos and you put some education out there. Now what's the average perception? Mm -hmm. So that would be the key performance indicator. Sales is really easy, especially if it's in the sales funnel. What was the conversion rate before with the old video or no video? And now what's the conversion rate with the new video?
0: Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, where where would you put? I think there's a. It's almost a promotional video, but it has a tweak to it. I've noticed a number of companies are trying to make the general population, who may not be customers, feel good about them, and this is to to paint their strategy green, for want of a better term, or politically correct. So, there's companies that produce videos like that. It, is that a tweak on a promotional videos? How would you class that one?
2: I mean, that's actually. I mean what jumps to mind was the Gillette kind of uh interesting pivot that they did when they were Gillette as a as a brand has been mm-hmm. very kind of masculine and yes. we are we yeah. are men and we shave and it's that very thing. And they um they did an experiment a couple of years ago which was we're gonna completely change or we're gonna try this new thing that's completely not that and it didn't work. And that kind of comes back to what is your brand and what does it stand right. for? And, and, and you know, you can pivot and change, but you're going to attract a different audience. You know, sure. I was having this conversation yesterday um, talking to a guy whether we should make a new YouTube channel or not because he had some gaming content on there and he established a, an audience for gaming. But now he wants to do live music because he's wanted to build a DJ uh, side of the business. And I said, to be honest, you should keep the gaming channel as it is, even mm-hmm. if you're not planning to touch it and make a new one for DJing because right. the problem is the audience that followed you for gaming they've subscribed for a specific reason yep. right? like mm-hmm. the people who have subscribed to your YouTube channel have decided to subscribe because they love your show they want to be notified when they see the show again but if you then decided no actually we're going to use this YouTube channel for cat videos your audience is going to go you're right? this is not what I subscribe for
1: right. so I'm an unsubscribe
2: right. I'm not interested anymore because you're subscribed for a specific kind of content and it's yep. the same when you do like a bra- like a promo video that we were alluding to, or the Gillette example. The reason why people were yeah, legit, yeah, was because they they resonated with that manly you know manly mm-hmm. message. Yes. I want to, I'm an alpha. I want to, I yeah, of course I use Gillette because I'm an alpha. And then when they decided to change it, everyone who was th- their audience, which was the alpha, 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 were like, no, that's that doesn't. Sure. <laughs>
1: And just, sales just like,
2: dropped you know. as well, significantly. Yeah, yeah because people mm-hmm. went, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, this, you know. <laughs> and a key. I mean, that's a key example of like knowing your audience, right? Mm-hmm. And not changing sure. things. Like, if it's not broken, don't change it, right? right is the crux there. And I think with Gillette, yeah. like, they learned that mistake the hard way and it cost them quite significantly, as mm-hmm. you alluded to. But I think now they're going to be slightly more cautious if they do want to do a, you know, that isn't alpha male campaign because they've seen how it could not have a knock on effect to their sales, which at the end of the day, like if you're spending money, you want to increase sales, not decrease sales.
0: That's right. That's right. And you're absolutely right. Kathleen and I, that one of the criteria we have for accepting guests or looking for guests is, is that very question. Does it fit with what we want the show to do? Mm-hmm. We have we have applications for people who would be really interesting, um, but it's not the sort of person that most of our subscribers want to hear. So at some point we might start another channel, but as the advice you gave to your friend, it would be totally separate from from this mm-hmm. one. So yeah, a no, good point, and I, I unfortunately I see a lot of podcasters fall into that trap of trying to be all things to all people and not really attracting anybody. Yeah, good one. Mm-hmm. So you, you, again, you've mentioned this earlier, and I, I told my bit, and Kathleen told you her bit, but many people are really nervous about appearing on video. I mean, a lot of them are bad enough about appearing on just on audio when you can't see their face and even more so about video. So again, what advice do you have for the people who are are absolutely nervous about starting?
2: I think the first thing is just, it's okay, right? Like that's completely normal. Like that's completely cool. You're doing this like really alien thing in most cases. So it's fine to be nervous. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I think the next thing I would say would be like, Ask yourself legitimately. Number one, are you doing it to grow your business? Okay, number one. Okay, number two. Why are you nervous? What are you what What are you nervous about? The common ones are: What does my mum, friend, sister, brother, etc. think? Right. What do people I care about think? Yeah. Or what if I get a hate comment? Mm. The world ends. It doesn't. Um. The crux is you have to ask yourself from a psychological point of view, what the hurdle is Mm -hmm. and be very honest with yourself and say, either you're taking this very seriously because you can see the potential that it could grow your business or move your business in the direction you want it to move. And you're willing to do it no matter how uncomfortable it feels or you're not Yeah, Mm -hmm. Neither of which are wrong. It's about understanding that. So it's wrong of me to give like advice to say, you should do this and you should do that because at the end of the day, if someone doesn't actually because there's a privacy conversation here right as well right because some people genuinely just like yeah look i'm here in business i want to do as well as i can but i'm not willing to put my own identity out there i'm not willing to be a public figure that's cool that's good i get it i made the decision very early to say i'm willing to be a public figure because Mm -hmm. of all the benefits and i'm willing to take the criticism and i'm willing to document what i'm doing and i'm willing to have basically all of what I say online forever and can be cut out of context and can be potentially used against me. I'm fully aware of that and I've already committed to doing that because of how long I've been doing it and so on. But the thing is, for me, I have the confidence and the belief in myself where right. I'm not going to be tied. My my value of myself, personally, is not going to be tied to what does this, this random person on TikTok think of me? What does my friends, family, etc. think of me because I create a video? Look, they're going to tease you because partly, if it's your brother, sister, cetera, they they that's their job as yeah. your brother and sister, right? <laughs> Correct. Like uh, it, yeah, they, yeah. If it wasn't that, they would tease you because your hair is a different color, or they would tease you because you're wearing, you, you know, why are you wearing that? That's really weird, you know, etc. cetera, right? There'll be something else, right? But at the end of the day, is this the path that is going to allow you to grow your business forward? Yes or no? And if it's yes, are you willing to grow your business? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm and if both are yes sorry to sorry to cut you off but if both are yes then you just have to get it done
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah we we had um gentlemen north of you from um edinburgh on the other mm-hmm. day and, and he's a european public speaking champion and and he helps people in business get used to public speaking and i as i said i've done a lot of public speaking and i was a member of toastmasters for many years and I found that not just for myself, people who came through Toastmasters or some other group where they could practice speaking in public in a in a safe environment adapted to speaking on video far easier than people who never had any experience with speaking in public. Have you found that as well
2: uh, i I think that's definitely possible, but you know just talking personally, I did the video talking bit first, mm-hmm. and I thought I would just be able to go into a front of an audience and just completely asex. So I'm like, I've been talking to cameras for years like yeah. this must be a piece of cake for me." And I was like, oh, my God, I've got these nerves again. Oh, my God, like, I've got sweaty palms. Like, what's going on? Like, I've got all the physiological response of being nervous. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, it's a different, it, they're similar, but they're different skill sets. Yes, right? absolutely. And I, th- and I think <clears> it's very important as a potential step up, if you are going to do public speaking and or you want to go on camera, do the one that you feel less intimidating. So mm-hmm. then you can jump to the other one because the there, other is one. Cross- there is crossover skills. right? Sure. Sure. For me, I was very fortunate that I had been on camera for a very long time. So mm-hmm. my jump from I'm going to perform in front of a camera and I'm going to perform, which is basically what public speaking is, perform in front of an audience. is very similar because I've been doing the video element for years. So it was then just about, OK, how comfortable do I feel in front of actual people? Right. Mm-hmm. Because we do the same thing, whether it's for a camera lens or whether it's in sure. person. Right. But I think that's the that's the that was what was really unique for me, because mm-hmm. as I said, I went into it going, I'm going to ace this. This is going to be a piece of cake. And then I was like, whoa,
0: hold on, yeah, whoa, l- whoa, whoa, a whoa. little different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hold on a second. I've got sweaty palms. I'm nervous. What if I fluff my words? What if I, I've got butterflies? Like what is going on? I haven't felt this way in like. Many, many years, yeah, which yeah. was great for like a growth point of view from my perspective, but it was a really interesting thing. And, that, and that's why I say they're not this, they're similar, but they're not the same.
0: <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had a, another interesting one that I've done as we've done hundreds of these and I've been on a lot of other podcasts. And then I did a, a live interview in a studio for a radio station. And I, I, didn't get. I wasn't too bad, but I found it a, a different environment and a different feeling to talking to the computer screen. You know, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, so that it was yet another mm-hmm. exposure to the, the subtle differences in that as well. Right. Good.
1: So, so, Carlton, if I were to contact you as a client, what steps would you first take with me?
2: So, the first step in a either in a discovery call or a, or just before working together call. Would we establish, okay, again, as I say, w- w- why do you want to do video? What What do you want it to do for you? Everyone comes to you and says, I want to do a promotional video. I want to do a video podcast. I want to do this. But what they actually, what I need to know is what do you want that to do transactionally for your business? Is it create more awareness? Is it create, educate your clients? Is it give you a way to be trusted and your personality to come across? Is it a sales tool? Right, let's be just frank and honest. Is it going to be a sales tool? Can that it be all me? of those things? And then when we establish that, we would then rate me money. But that's important, right? At the end of the day, again, as I've said throughout this podcast, you're in business. You want to grow. You want to you want to make more money, right? It's about being honest with is that the purpose of the video? Mm-hmm. And if it is, actually, what does that mean? Because we might say every client, when I ask them that, says, "I want to make more money. I want to make more clients. I want to have more clients. I want to be able to talk to new people." And I say, okay, but what's the hurdle in the way currently that you have at the moment? Is it you need your the people you already know you to be educated on what you do or to highlight a service that you maybe under promote or don't, you know, for example, mm-hmm. coach, the coaching element from our side at the moment, this is exactly what we're working on internally at the moment is, okay, how can we put, how can I promote this, the coaching offering more because not enough people know that I even have a coaching offering. So mm-hmm. of course it's going to have less interaction than our video production arm because we've done less marketing around it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about establishing and uh, you know this is in answer to the question, like what are the stages that we would go through? The first stage is understanding why you want to do video. The second stage is then Logistically, working out if there's any challenges and the the creative conversation around how we're going to create that video to tell that unique story, or to work out what that story is going to be, and then how we can create that story, mm-hmm. and then the third is to discussing a level of budget. Now, two or three can be swapped out and can be either number two or number three depending mm-hmm. on just the flow of the conversation. But in that first call, the things we need to establish is number one, what is it going to do for the business? Number two, roughly, what's the creative plan? So is it going to be a set of interviews? Is it going to be a set of promotional videos? Is it going to be something more complicated, etc.? And then how much, to an extent, how much money are you willing to spend on it and across for what in exchange? And then what we'll do is we'll start then creating a pre-production plan to help the production actually move forward and as long as you're happy with the price and you would be happy with what we're going to do we would then look for a logistical day to actually go and film or or work with you on those and 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 then so on and and moving through the production process in that respect
0: good well sounds sounds good sounds thorough so we're getting towards the end of our time do you want to tell our audience quickly about the exact services you do offer because for the uninitiated You know, video seems like a huge thing and a lot of people don't realize all the little components you've just alluded to some when you were talking to Kathleen about how you operate go ahead tell tell our audience about what you what you do
2: absolutely i mean i'll keep this really short and sweet because I'm, I'm aware of time but the the, the first and the base one and the one that might be the most valuable for your audience to start with is our coaching offer
1: mm-hmm. uh
2: designed for the coaching office to take someone who doesn't know how to do video doesn't really know why they want to do video but they kind of like they know they need to do it but they just have no idea where to start we can come and we can say okay great let's let's firstly build up your confidence let's let's build up some plans for you. Let's help, you know, let's do some maybe help you point in the right direction with market research wise, you know, have you do like this style, et cetera. And what we're going to try and get you to do is start creating confidence and building that confidence with creating content Mm -hmm. and have a helping hand. So firstly, you can get into the habit of doing it. So if you're going to create Instagram reels or TikToks, that would be a way to start. And then as we grow and mature with you as a client, you will then start suggesting, have you thought about how you optimize this? Have you thought about what hashtags to use? Have you thought about what copy it goes with? Have you thought about trend jacking which i haven't even talked about today have you thought about you know what the problems are in your business what which i alluded to throughout this podcast mm-hmm. and and that's kind of the coaching offering and that will sometimes lead on to people creating a podcast like this or a live stream or a webinar or q a Q&A show which leads on to our second service which is a repurposing service so we could take this long form piece of content which is a half an hour conversation and we could take out the key moments from either what i said mm-hmm. what or you said or etc and we could create social media content for that would fit in Reels, TikTok, Instagram, or LinkedIn short pieces of content that are 90 seconds to two minutes that point out to, hey, this was part of a larger conversation or a larger podcast that we really enjoyed having with Colton today. If you want to see that episode, go over here to see that, for example. And it also allows you to be front of mind in regards to what you do when it comes to showing up on social media. Sure. And then, of course, for slightly more localized clients and less clients, of course, want to fly me out to America, Canada, et cetera, uh, is then the video production service as well, which is our full-fledged, you know, mm-hmm. we come and we create all the content and everything below as well in that response.
1: Mm.
0: So two questions from that. Your coaching obviously is um, virtual. You do that all on yeah. on uh, Zoom or Skype or something. Yeah. And then you said for your local clients, how far do you travel outside of Salisbury?
2: Uh, so we, in most cases, we'll travel where the work is. But in regards to a day, which means I can quote it within a day, it's a three-hour drive. And the three-hour reason drive. why is because we can do that in one day. It's a very long right. day. But we can do that in one day so we can do six hours of traveling plus the shoot day um if it's anything above that we can still do it but it would just mean it'd be a more complicated quoting process because we're going across multiple days travel days potentially a week's worth of shooting etc and we want to make sure that the client's getting the most out of that time as well as us
0: yeah so that three hours would get you to london then
2: yeah yeah so we can easily get to london london's 90 minutes we can go quite a bit north um and of course further south and and and, sure so reason east or west as well
0: you can get to the midlands as well right
2: yeah 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 okay so we're we're starting to get to like around the three hour mark depending on where in the midlands we're talking sure
0: okay well that still gives you a huge population base that you can get to in the uk within three hours
1: right absolutely absolutely very good Mm. back to Kathleen. yes we're running low on time but how do people contact you carlton
2: so the best way is just to uh, look at the website if you want to see some of our work or, and or uh, check out my LinkedIn because it's the most active platform. But of course we are active across all of the other social medias. Um, if you are interested in LinkedIn, specifically it's just my name, which is Carlton Brunton and everywhere else it's Brunton Media.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. What a privilege to have you on the show today. Thank you.
0: Thank
1: and you once sure. again, thank all of you for tuning in and until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.
0: Goodbye.